Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. This episode is part two of our discussion from last episode encompassing the terms sensing, feeling, intuition, and our emotions. In this half, we dive deep and bring in some elements of the human design system, discussing the judgment of ourselves and others, ways to get a clear gut sense of a situation, how to handle loved ones on your path toward growth, and what a general and sincere excitement for life would look like. So let's journey, people. So it's really important to note that when you make a change in your life or or you you know talk with yourself and you want to make a change in your life, it, it's really important to note that it is going to be a long-term thing and it's important that that you understand that you are going to have a lot of resistance with your family and everybody close around you if they're used to like you were talking about training them like if they're used to treating you and you accepting that treatment over a 40-year span if you all of a sudden <laughs> if you're all of a sudden like no 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 i'm doing this now you're not going to talk to me like or whatever mm-hmm. um don't create resistance yeah there definitely needs to be some sort of like uh coaching them i guess in a a way i and i mean you can make a metaphor about coaching anything and well and once again we'll bring it back to to children that you know you could give somebody uh, a child free reign at jelly beans and they've got the bucket in their possession and they're eating all they want to and then they get sick and then the parent goes oh i need to regulate these jelly beans they could say okay no more jelly beans ever again because you abused it the child's not going to understand all of that. Or it can be simply a structure set up and saying, okay, we'll give you this many uh, each day or every three days or whatever, and uh, this is a healthier way for you until you learn to regulate it yourself. So um, life can be seen very, very similarly. That, yes, if somebody's 40 years old and they've been allowing people to treat them a certain way for however long if they just do an abrupt change and and I have to admit that this is the way that I've done a lot of my changing and growing up is I'm, I did it very abrupt and this is why I'm here to tell people that there's a there is an, an easier way to do it more gradual and it's more loving even but lots of times when we want to make change we just want to make change uh, but the the art of communicating that change gracefully can save a lot of energy and a lot of um, emotional reacting. So understanding that you're you're going to have difficulty in the beginning explaining to people because you don't have a full understanding of like necessarily what you're changing, but you just uh, communicate it as best as you can, and then you make those gradual changes. So if it's somebody that's used to 
getting your energy like five times a week and you just go, okay, you're only getting it one time a month now. You know, that's going to create a lot of emotional uh, situation. But if you communicate it in a way to say, you know, I've really enjoyed the amount of time that we've had to spend together, but my time's getting a lot tighter and I'm making adjustments. So we may be able to only get together uh, two or three times a week, and that may even lessen over time. But I want you to be uh, sure in in how much I love you and care about you and that this isn't a personal thing. This is something uh, against you. This is something that I'm doing to benefit me, which I hopefully will benefit us. Um, so that's just an example of how to communicate it with somebody. And um, it's very similar to when people adjust their diets. They can either like make a big deal about it and judge people around them. You shouldn't be eating that, blah, blah, blah. Or they can simply just choose not to take that off the table and only discuss it if asked about. So we need to support each other in change, and most people resist change at every cost, and change is the only constant that we experience um, on this plane. So uh, make love with the friction and with the change. And you can see how many different arguments could arise on somebody making a change and and how they communicate that to the other person. Some people may not even communicate it. They'll just disappear for a while. And then that other person thinks that they've done something wrong. And yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced that. We've been on both ends of it probably. Yes. And, and you know, that's why the art of conscious communication is just really the, a big platform for all of this work. And, and with that, it's accepted that all communication isn't comfortable. But all communication can be loving um, and be uncomfortable simultaneously. So it seems like telling the truth <laughs> is the best way to go, but in a... Uh, very tactful yeah, and loving in a, way. In a very tactful way. Yeah. Yes, but and and the changes need to be like uh, discussed. And once again, we'll bring back in the human design that there are certain people with certain profiles that you know have a five in their profile, and it's very difficult for them to uh, to share with people verbally what they're doing, and so they will avoid like conflict at all costs. And then there's some people that can, you know, have a much easier time uh, communicating changes and things like that to someone else. So it all still comes down to that individual uh, variable, and um, and it helps to to understand where you're at with that. Just the more you understand about yourself and how you were de- designed or developed to be. Earlier, when you were when you were giving your initial example about the difference between intuition and sensing, you were talking about uh, intuition being conceptual, and you gave the example of asking somebody, "Should you buy or sell a stock?" So I guess when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, okay, well, the reason why you gave that example would be that um, there's no emotional attachment uh, to that person. So you could theoretically ask them and they could give you, you know, if they were intuitive or they got an intuitive response, they would be the ones, it would be intuition for them because they don't have an emotional attachment. Or it can be come from uh, just training and logic. So that's the thing, like when you're asking someone's opinion of something, uh, you are truly trying to gain information that you don't know. Yeah. And that's one way uh, to ask somebody something. But the other way 
is for them to uh, give you an answer that you can just have a response to, not an emotional reaction, but a response. And once again, this is how manifesting generators and generators work. They're designed to respond. So this was a very uh, great tool that I like to to ask a few people around me that I will instruct them that from time to time I'll just come up to you and ask you a yes or no question. And I just would like you to answer as quickly as possible with as little thought as possible. Because the importance isn't on the other person's opinion. It's on how whether they say yes or no makes you feel, makes you sense. So, like I said, mine's in my solar plexus, and it's a very simple yes or no. So if I asked you, Aaron, a question, and you gave me immediate response, then I'm going to be prepared for that yes or no, to either agree with you or disagree. But the point isn't to agree or disagree with you. It's just the point is to get to my truth, my inner truth, and I need that to come from an external source. And this is what uh, – there's so many great – tools that people have that they're not utilizing because if somebody's like emotionally on guard then they're going to be in reaction to that person's response and just completely uh, manipulate and change the possibility of getting any clarity and that is still connected to preference so this is once again how the more that we talk and share in this uh, program, you'll see how these these uh, the foundation or the pillars of this work just all start to like fit together and um, and complement each other. So give me an example of like a type of question that you would ask to get a response for yourself. Okay, so for myself, I actually have my um, my spleen is what's called uh, not activated. So I am very uh, open in my intuition center, which helps me to help others see things that they can't see for themselves. The challenge or the other side of that, the polarity, is that it makes this type of design difficult to see things within themselves. So the way that I utilize that tool is by having someone that I respect, uh, such as yourself, Aaron, and so I could come to you and simply say, I've got this opportunity and I'm just looking for a yes or no response from you, but I've got this opportunity to, to go on this trip and to make this business deal. Do you think that this is a good idea? And like I said, without, and I may use the word feel or I may use the word sense, um, but I'm just looking for that direct response. And if you're like a, an intuitive person, that I'm asking this question to, then I might ask for that. Or if it's a logical person, I will say, might say, hey, does this make sense to you? Blah, blah, blah. So part of it is the language that you use to ask the question, knowing the person that you do. And then your initial response, um, like I said, I'm paying attention to how that response makes me sense in my in my abdomen and it's going to be a direct like yes in agreement or no not in agreement so once again the specifics aren't on taking the person's opinion and actually utilizing it because that takes a lot of energy for them what i'm talking about doing is it expends very little energy for them and expends very little energy for me and i get that external feed does that make sense so it doesn't matter what my answer is 
Uh, no, but unless I'm coming to you from a logical standpoint. With, with some like weight to it. Yes, uh, and that I'm asking you for information that I don't have that I'm looking to make a logical decision on. But if it's something like, is this like, uh, you know, it could be asked those different ways. Like I could say, in your opinion, is this going to be a profitable uh, business uh, excursion for me to go ho- to Hawaii at the end of the year. And then you may have more questions. You may, well, I need to know more about the business and who you're going to meet. Well, see, right away that gets into that's that may not be what I'm looking for. I may be just looking for that initial response so I can have a sense about it rather than a logical understanding about it. Both are useful and necessary, but you know, you don't want to go to an intellectual person to ask them their sense or their intuition about something. And the same thing, you don't want to go to a person that's tapped into that level of intuition and then go, hey, let's really get into dissecting this and think about this, and I want to get your opinion on that. So utilize people where their strengths are. And uh, for that response, is the more simple that you can keep the answers, the better. So... Yes, it does matter your opinion of that subject, and no, it doesn't simultaneously. And that's, once again, why we should be in non-preference, that if somebody asks us our opinion, just give it non-attached. And whatever they do with it, allow them to do that with it. But lots of times, if we're asked our opinion, we're attached to giving the answer, and then when the person doesn't use it, then we can get upset with them, and we're in emotional reaction. So I think in the human design, my spleen is activated. So would I, would I gain anything by doing that type of question and answer? Uh, not necessarily. Not that you wouldn't gain anything, but your strength is truly in knowing what's right uh, for you. And anytime you're projecting on that you think you're viewing an external person or an external situation – the very first question is to ask, hey, how does this uh, associate with me? And it can't just be logically because justification comes in and goes, see, I'm not like that. That's not about me. It's more like, how can I find where I'm doing that? So say, say someone is being negatively racial or something, and you know that you're not a racial person. See, it's very easy to justify and go, oh, they're racial, they're negative, I'm not like that. But being racial is just judgment. So you could simply say, oh, I see that that person is judging by race. Where am I judging others? Or where am I judging myself? So see, it's important to take it off the specific and get to the general in that uh, aspect because it is about judgment rather than race, a racial issue. So with someone that has that spleen center like activated, they can get confused by the more input that they get. And they can even be guilty of overly researching. And all they're going to do is they're just going to create the the polarity over and over and over, or really the duality because of the resistance there. So what uh, the person with the spleen activated Uh, is useful to work towards is the very first initial sensing of something before they get any information or before they get anyone else's opinion. So it's, it's very similar that like, say, I might take a supplement olive leaf that works excellent for me as like a natural antibiotic. And then you tell me that you've got something going on 
and I suggest olive leaf to you. And more than likely, in that very first initial sensing, you're going to know whether it's right or not for you. But then you might go, well, I'll do some research on that, and I'll check out, you know, uh, I know that it works better for some blood types than others, and all these different variables come in. So that linear thinking is useful to dissect things and to get to that point. But for the person with the activated spleen, it can be very confusing the more information that they get because um, they'll justify and get further and further away from that initial feeling. So some people are designed to just follow that initial feeling always. And then some people are designed, such as myself, to have that initial feeling, but then make sure that the emotional wave is not connected. So we need to to listen to the original uh, message and then give it time and normally like a minimum of 24 hours uh, to revisit it, uh, to move forward. But like I said, some people are designed specifically as soon as they get that first sensing to always follow that. Now, when you were talking about um, seeing another person judge, were you saying that the act of noticing that meant that you were actively doing that and that's why you should look at that? Or were you just saying that because it's like a practice that you should always be questioning when, when you see somebody, you should always question whether you're yeah, doing that? Mainly it's uh, to understand that if the spleen is activated in the person, because it's always been a general saying that uh, that people are just our mirrors and whatever we see in them is really a reflection on us. And uh, that's, you know, uh, not correct um, across the board, like any general statement. Um, there are many variables with that. And that's what, you know, this system, the human design helps to figure out where your strength is at. So, so yes, in that situation of watching somebody uh, going through an act of, of racial uh, judgment, then if you see that and you're just like, say, um, on an airplane or riding a bus or something publicly and you see that happening, then you want to pay attention to your emotional reaction to it. If the emotional reaction is judgment and they shouldn't be doing that and I don't approve of that, then it's, wait a minute, where am I judging? Where am I judging other people or judging myself? That does not change the fact that, yes, that shouldn't be happening, but that's not your concern. Or if it's something that you need, you can actually be useful for and help out in the direct situation then it may be useful to get involved. But right now we're just talking about the lesson. And the lesson is to pay attention that the key is an emotional reaction. Now, if you looked at that person and you happen to be uh, walking in a grocery store or something and you hear some kind of like racial slur like that, and you're able to just look at them with compassion and non-judgment and you don't have any negative uh, emotional reaction, then more than likely, once again, you might not need to look at where you're judging things that you were able to go directly to compassion. And that's what most uh, spiritual teachers or gurus have, have taught is through compassion and love, most everything can be healed. That, that carries a lot of truth, but it also depends on how a person defines healing. Do people with activated spleens do they have a problem with judging other people because they're so internal with? I wouldn't necessarily say that they have any more of an issue with judging external than those um, 
without. Uh, it's kind of that's a little bit more, I feel like, a, a cultural uh, type thing and that our culture is very judgmental. And so that is work that most everybody can utilize. But the difference is, is that like if somebody with the spleen not activated see somebody in that same situation like being uh, racial or judgmental, then they're truly seeing that that person's doing that. It's not necessarily a message for them. Now, what the open spleen-centered person does with that information is the next step. They could either go to that person with the right tact at the right time, right place, right person, right duration, and communicate that. Hey, are you aware that you are doing this? Because that racial judgment could be going on and the person not even know that they're doing it. So see, everything's not always intentional. Sometimes things are um, circumstantial. And so people that were, you know, born in older generations, they use words and phrases that can be very racial or racist, but they're not intending them that way because language has changed so much over the last 80 or 100 years. So once again, we're not justifying that, but that's where the open spleen person may be able to go to that that person that just said that racial slur and communicate to them hey, I don't know that if you uh, realize this or not, but blah, blah, blah. But here's the difference. If a spleen-activated person goes to that person to try to communicate in that way and they haven't resolved the judgment issue in themselves, then when they go with the best intentions to try to show this person something they don't see, they normally get nothing but resistance. They get a defense mechanism that comes back on them and judgment is cast on them. Why? Because they need practice with judgment. That's why they recognized and noticed that from the beginning. So all they've done is created a situation for judgment to occur on them so that they could utilize it. And this is why I like to say that anyone that is trying to teach something verbally, if they do not carry the vibration of experience, they will be less effective transferring the information. And my question was actually a little bit different, but that was good to hear. I guess I, sh- I should clarify what I meant was character judgment. Throughout my life, I seem to not be able to character judge people. Like I always, I guess maybe I take them on the surface level and I, and I don't really go in depth analysis about them when I first meet somebody. And I'm like, oh, this person's cool. And then like out of nowhere, they just do something that I was not expecting. And mm-hmm. and so... Yeah, and that can be uh, characteristic for the active spleen person um, because, like I said, their skill is at knowing what's right for them, knowing their truth. But the art of that is normally um, making it through childhood and early times of life to where you feel self-confident to, to trust that. Um, but it is... Uh, such a gift to somebody that doesn't have the spleen activated. Anytime I see an activated spleen person, I like to tell them, you have no idea the gift that you have because life has brought me challenges to where I would have traded. Um, see, lots of, of course, grass is typically always greener because people that have the spleen activated, they really would like and wish that they could see things in other people. And uh, I have so many people that like want to be psychics and this type of thing, and they have activated spleen and it's not that they can't but they need to master their themselves first 
And then, you know, people with the spleen that's not activated, uh, you know, it can be even more of a challenge to find the right supplements that work for them to, to find uh, the right foods that are right because the, the seeing yourself clearly is, is just more of a challenge. So once again, that's why it helps to understand uh, how you were designed and now understanding that I'm truly designed to respond to things coming at me then when I catch myself trying to figure something out for myself, that's one of the best tools is, oh, I just need to go initiate a conversation with somebody and bring this up in conversation. And I'm going to get so much more than just sitting here trying to figure it out myself. Now, with the person with the activated spleen, lots of times what they'll do is they'll want to talk to other people about it. But the more they talk about it, just the more confused they get to where if they would truly go in non-preference and set in stillness and just truly sense, hey, what's best for me? Not thinking, but sense what's best for me. Or let me ask for some guidance and let some of this intuition and connection like come in rather than trying to figure it out with the mind. So see, both, both ways, it necessarily better or worse than any other. It's just a different application of tools. So when you, when two people have that, you know, opposite, uh, it's like hypothetically here, I don't have the spleen and hypothetically you do, then you can learn to utilize each other in that, that programming and utilize each other optimally. That is the point of all of this discussion and uh, these couple of systems that we work with is to understand yourself and understand others better for optimal uh, communication. Technically, because we're sitting so close, you kind of have the spleen activated now. Yes, right? yes, it would activate normally within three to five feet of somebody. Um, any energy center that you don't have activated uh, when you come in the uh, within five feet of someone, it's just like plugging in a receptacle. This is why we we can feel stronger around certain people. We can feel more creative around certain people. Um, we can feel more negative around certain people. All of these are truths because they're actually plugging into us. And, um, and this system is just a good visual to show you where you're susceptible. It works really good to help empaths understand why they're taking on other people's energy. And, and we work with them to develop skills to not, uh, to not do that. So these particular structures that have been created is just very useful to take some of this guesswork out. Could the reason I may have character judgment problems be that when I'm meeting somebody for the first time, I connect with the parts I like about myself. So I only see like the similar parts and I, and I can overlook the, the, the parts that maybe I should be more aware of. Yeah. Like in the, you know, the other system, uh, the destiny cards or the Egyptian numerology, that all comes into like the Neptune influence. And anytime we have a Neptune influence, on somebody a connection we can't see them clearly so we're literally looking through rose-colored glasses so once again i'll take this one back to non-preference that when we meet somebody why should it be an innate reaction that we need or want them to like us but that's a general thing in our culture everybody's looking to be liked so there's a preference there so if there's a preference then there's an agenda and if there's an agenda, there's an expectation. And if an expectation is created, then a disappointment has to occur at some point to where 
if you meet somebody and you're just being yourself and you're allowing them to be themselves and you're not sitting there judging the things that you like about them and the things that you don't like about them, then it's going to have an organic process anyway. And so, but yes, it's that, that expectation that is created that can drive a person to even try to get to know somebody faster or, or, um, you know, have different levels of sensitivities. Uh, and that's why two people can come together and one person can be very put off because of the level of attachment or the level of persistence that a person has. And normally they are like uh, dealing with stuff or weaknesses or shortcomings in themselves and trying to sort that out with this other person. So there's no, once again, necessarily uh, good or bad. If any of these centers are activated or not, it's just good to be aware of it because anywhere that you have a white center, rather than the center being colored in, it means that you're susceptible to other people's energy in that area. And so... Really, I think that comes down to one of the basic pillars is um, the uh, want, uh, the want to need to be liked or, or or looking for somebody to like to connect with. And just about, you know, invariably, lots of times when I hear about someone finding or falling in love with somebody, it was after they had kind of given up that uh, search or, you know, in Rumi, Jaladin Rumi, a 13th century poet, says it very well that whatever you are seeking for runs farther away from you. So the more you seek, the further it goes. So that that is, you know, the so-called lesson in this is that, yes, we want to accept people when we meet them for who they truly are. And in order to do that, we have to accept that it takes a lot of time for somebody to reveal who they are. And typically I will say that take can take up to two years. But normally within six months to one year, you will uh, see someone's true colors or whatever. So, but then that first six months, it's just good to like not really carry any expectations and just observe. Just observe. And as soon as judgment comes in for the activated spleen person, go, hey, where do I carry uh, a similar type of judgment? Um and uh, that's just the way that you begin to develop how you interact with people differently. But it is amazing to watch how when you if you meet somebody truly that that moves in non-preference, that there's almost an attraction there, but there's no pressure. And uh, and I don't really know if you've if you've ever met someone like that, but that they carry just an air about them that is um it's inviting but it's not so attach oriented it's a different type of of attraction so there's a beauty in non-preference and normally that means non-judgment as well because if a person has preferences they're going to have judgments maybe some of the attraction is uh never falling into like or viewing something negative in a way yes yes just true choosing to stay out of the so-called positive and negative or the so-called good and bad about people and just uh it can be just ex- acceptance like if i you know run across somebody that don't necessarily care for music that much um that doesn't have to i don't have to cast a judgment on them uh, because i like silence too uh, but if I hadn't made friends and made love to silence, 
then I would be a whole lot more likely to judge that person because they're not into listening to music. So once again, by observing the pillar of polarity and the acceptance that they have to coexist, you work with that with every concept of your life. And just as I said, anybody that knows me knows that music and sound is a huge part of my life. But if they get to know me past six months or past a year or past two years, they're going to find out how important silence is to me too. Because if they're around me very much, anytime two people, anytime I'm able to spend silent time with somebody and it's comfortable, that's a beauty. And that happens very rarely. So those are typically the people that like, I like to call my friends or not the ones that we necessarily have so much in common but that we can actually come together and be in peace and be in silence and it be comfortable. And then more than likely, if I can do that with a person, we're going to be able to go down some very deep roads and uncover some amazing stuff. But you would be surprised about how many people aren't comfortable in silence and now, can't do it. And when you say silence, do you mean you're just sitting there without saying anything, but you're also not engaged in anything else? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, uh, of course, silence can be described many different ways, but but that is one way that I'm uh, describing it now, that like if there's a lull in our like conversation and you and I both are just able to just sit back and be comfortable with that lull until somebody interacts again, um, that's that's that stillness that I'm talking about. So it doesn't have to be like, Okay, we're not going to say a word for 30 minutes, and we're going to see how comfortable this can be. <laughs> I mean, it could be that mechanical, but that's not, of course, what I'm speaking of. Because um, you'll notice if you if you get to know um, a wide range of people, you will see that there's not many people that will allow silence to even be around. They will talk, engage, um, because that is that is a, a scary phenomenon for most people. So I had a, a question pop up and it's kind of not related to the whole sensing, feeling, intuition, emotional reaction subject, but now what would you say if somebody said they had a general excitement for life? Hmm. I'd say congratulations. Do I have like an Alexander brain now because anything that happens, I, I can take what I've learned from you and I have like, it's almost like an AI inside my head and I can run it through the AI and, and try to figure out what you would say. So to me, you would uh, have to process or to see if there's any emotion in that excitement of life. So there's probably different levels. Some people may say that because they're an adventurer and they like the highs of going on it or like skydiving or something like that. But we live in, a, in an amazing time and... I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. I mean, it could be, I mean, we could have like World War III. I don't know. But th th these times are so exciting because it's unpredictable, I guess. Mm -hmm. So is that is that being emotional? I, I don't feel like it is because things are always changing. I guess, I guess when I break it down, that's what it is. It's like the change is unpredictable and I really thrive on change. So I don't know what your, yeah, what your thoughts yeah, are on that. No, I think that's a, it's a good concept to bring up uh, because the, the question of whether it's useful or not is, is there something necessary for that excitement to exist or is it just, 
I'm waking up and I just have this excitement about life. It matters not what I do or don't do. Um, but if it depends on something, then that's going to be connected to the emotional pattern. But just being excited about life could also be called feeling, and that could be called love. Because once again, if anybody describes love, it can be that 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 level of excitement to, to connect with that person. So if there's not an emotional attachment and an expectation attached to it, then that's a very beautiful and life-sustaining energy. But if there are conditions to it, then that is going to fall under the uh, the emotional reaction phase, and that always has a duality. Any emotion that is experienced more than likely within a considerable short amount of time, a person is going to experience the opposite of that emotion. But you don't necessarily feel there is no opposite of uh, of love except for there just not to be any love there. And unfortunately, there are people that, that live their lives and choose to take their lives in different situations because there's just no love um, or excitement uh, there in their life. So, so that would just say that that all comes back around to what the conditions are around that excitement. Is somebody else involved? If so, then there's a warning. Is it if a certain event happens? If so, that's a warning. Is it if you receive something that everything's dependent on something for that excitement to continue, then you are in emotional reaction. And there's once again, there's nothing wrong with that. I just tell people, be prepared to pay the cost. If you get excited emotionally, then when disappointment comes, don't be upset about it. Accept it. Be in the disappointment because you know that the hey, excitement will be back around the corner. But if you're experiencing that excitement and it has no conditions, then there's not necessarily a cost to that. Except that tomorrow you may not have this excitement. And if you don't let that take you down into despair and uh, depression, then you're still maintaining well. But if it starts to uh, go down that road of despair, depression, then you are really having an emotional experience and not a true feeling anyway. So, um, you know, anytime somebody uses a word outside of love, um, more than likely it's going to be an emotional reaction. But I felt in the way that you were explaining that, that that could connect to this feeling of love, of love of life, of a love of, for the future, a love of the divine. And that's what's uh, very difficult to, to explain in words. Yeah, it's like the feeling I get when I'm about to create something, whether it's, you know, design a, we- a website or, or, or just even thinking about creating something mm-hmm. or thinking about how we as humans, how we can create things out of anything. So I do feel it falls more on the love part because I can almost tell when I need to make adjustments in my life. This this actually happened this past weekend where I just didn't feel like doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I know we go through cycles, but I was just unmotivated to do anything. And I, and like, I didn't feel like doing anything, but I didn't feel like doing nothing. (laughs) So so I just like didn't do anything, but, (laughs) but, uh, I know like I need to pay attention to, like my emotional state or or my sleep or something in my life when I don't have that 
that just general excitement for life. Yeah, and this is where I like to suggest to people to check in multiple times a day to like how you are sensing or feeling, so to say, um, where your emotions are at. And especially in the morning when you first get up, before you engage uh, with anybody optimally, to just take a moment to just go, hey, um, how's everything feeling this morning? And because very few people take inventory at that point, and then they just start their day, and the day builds on them, and they take on different people's energy, but they they never know where their energy stops and other people's begin. And so if you are processing emotions in a useful way, normally they don't linger more than 24 hours unless it's a um, some type of tra- tragedy or trauma like of a death or a severe illness of someone or something like that. But just as the, the sun and the moon resets itself each 24 hours, we have the opportunity to experience that if we're processing emotions. Um, because if we're processing them, normally they will move through in a 24-hour period. And if they continue day after day, then once again, acceptance that you're not allowing the, the flow of processing to happen, that you're holding on to something, that you're not forgiving and lots of times that's what it does come down to is that people uh, expect uh, forgiveness and apologies and uh, justification uh, for what they negatively experiencing when they're electively experiencing that negativity all within themselves. It shouldn't be directed about what somebody said or what somebody did. Um, so once again, that's empowering ourselves that if we find that we're holding on to a grudge to someone or we're upset about someone, we can let that go at any point we choose to, and it really doesn't matter what they are doing or they are saying. So wrapping up this conversation about uh, intuition and sensing, feeling an emotional reaction, what's the most important thing people should take from this going forward? I really feel like that emotional responsibility is um, one of the the biggest issues here. And to understand that, once again, no one can make you mad. No one can make you sad. Nobody can make you frustrated. You choose all of those. You choose to be mad. You choose to be frustrated. And it's not as easy as just... uh, you know, just changing your mind because it's a process and we've trained ourselves to have those emotional reactions. So lots of times I'll tell people when you start to do this work and you start to empower yourself and and stop giving other people your power, it's going to take a lot of time to retrain this process. And it is a process. It's not just a decision that's made, but it is a process because lots of people that make a decision and make an adjustment, it'll only last for a few days or for a few weeks. And normally it won't make it a few weeks because three weeks is the beginning to change or break a pattern or to set a pattern. So uh, so paying attention to that to realize that any emotional reaction that we're having that is negative, we can, through forgiveness and through consideration, um, we can move past that. Uh, a whole lot quicker and in the realm of you know so-called positive emotions uh, we we enjoy those but they have a cost too it means that typically if you experience 
one side of the pendulum swing, you're going to experience the other side. And that doesn't mean per situation or per person. Uh, it just means life in general. And so by working with this and not being as disappointed in people or situations, then it helps us to handle things in a more what we'll just term as conscious way. And that is for the overall good of everyone involved to where when we are handling things in emotional reaction, there's very little consideration for uh, the other person, much less everyone that's involved in the situation, because it's easier to just react than it is to just pause for a moment and ask that internal why. Why am I allowing this person to upset me? I'm not their controller. I don't control them. Um, so whatever they said or whatever they're doing, the first step is going to be acceptance, which is different from condoning. It's just accepting that this is where this person is at. Out of non-judgment, acceptance does not have judgment. So that is the main thing to realize that all of these higher levels, whether it's feeling or it's intuition or it's sensing, all of those gifts are waiting for anybody that learns to manage their emotions. But if a person can't manage their emotions, then it clouds all the other three. And people think that they're feeling. People think that they're using their intuition. People think that they're sensing. And lots of times that is being very miskewed um, by an emotional reaction from the past that's been established. So... Emotional freedom is through emotional release, speaking to the trees, to the land, to the earth, uh, not to a person, but getting it out. If it is around a person, it's somebody that can hold space and not take any of that energy on. And so through emotional release and then through proper emotional processing, which is realizing that no one can do anything to you. So every time you have a negative emotion, you are choosing that. And just like uh, we last week, we recorded two sessions and one of the sessions uh, didn't make it. It got erased somehow. And I was very pleased with the way that we both managed that because we were just in acceptance right away. And there's nothing else that can be done. So... We could choose to be upset about it. We could choose to blame that it's my fault or that it's your fault or that it's someone's fault. It's the equipment's fault. But passing blame does not solve anything. So the reason was not as important as, oh, maybe we just needed to redo that podcast. And that's what we have done organically today. And this one is much better than that one was. So in acceptance, it gives that just the freedom for the energy to be what it was meant to be divinely uh, rather than us manipulating it by our preferences. We appreciate your interest and self-growth conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. 
The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.